Welcome to my podcast. I'm Reagan Beshera, founder of Ollie's Accounting, a bookkeeping and payroll services firm based in the United States. I have almost a decade of small business accounting expertise to share with my clients and the business community at large. I want to help you define your beliefs and values, create better procedures in line with those values, and realize your financial agency and independence as a small business owner. Whether you've got a side hustle or a fully-fledged business with a team of employees, we all share the same struggles against our limiting beliefs. Let's overcome those together by imagining new ways of doing business. So today I'm going to be talking to you about how to classify your workers properly if you have people working for you in your business. I wanted to do this recording today. I'm recording this on January 30th, 2023. Tomorrow is the deadline for mailing out vendor 1099s and for also mailing out W-2s to employees if you have them. So that's what I've been working on over the past couple of weeks is getting everybody's payroll taxes filed, getting their 1099s filed, getting those mailed out. Um, I do mail those myself for some of my clients. There are some like e-filing options where the e-filer will mail those out to people, so that's really nice. But sometimes I do have to mail that out myself physically, which is fine. I have had an interesting (laughs) week. I had to buy a new washer and dryer for my house last weekend so the sunday before yesterday our washer just stopped draining and it wasn't like a plumbing issue it wasn't that the line was backed up or anything it was the mechanics of the washer not flipping the switch to like drain all the water out so we had to pull a bunch of like sopping wet clothes out the water was like all the way up to the top of the washing machine our, <laughs> I had the appliance repair guy come out and look at it to see if there was any chance that we could repair it. Now, this washer and dryer set was like older than time itself. And my husband thought that he smelled burning whenever he tried to run the spin cycle or, or drain it. And when the appliance repair guy came out and took the panel off the front and started to try to drain it, uh, the motor started smoking. So that was fun. <laughs> And he said that after he looked it up, there was nobody that makes like the transmission or whatever part that goes to that washer. So we had to buy a new set. And the way that our laundry is set up in our house is that we have to have a stackable set. So that like seriously narrowed down our options. It's not like we could just replace the washer and then eventually get a new dryer. It's we had to buy a whole new set. And so I had a lot of feelings about that because you know you just never expect that you have to like make those kinds of changes and buy new appliances it's just it happens and (laughs) at least that's been my experience because I've never had the financial situation to where I can drop a couple thousand dollars on a new laundry set even though my old one worked so we were forced into buying a new one (laughs) and turns out that our gas valve because we have a gas dryer is also old as hell so like the valve that supplies the natural gas to the dryer that's like in the wall um is super old and 
We were at Lowe's for like an hour <laughs> trying to find an adapter that would fit this valve. And it's just that they don't make an adapter with that specific size and type um, that goes to the hose. So I had to wait all weekend just washing, because we were able to hook up the washer, the new one. We were just washing clothes, like bare essentials, and then hanging them up to dry. <laughs> so we couldn't do like a bunch of laundry. So it's been over a week since we've been able to do like laundry. And when you wash like towels and stuff, like they don't really get nice and fluffy as they do in the dryer as when you hang them up. So like we haven't been able to wash towels, so we're just like running low on everything. And I'm excited because the plumber, I finally was able to call them today. I'm not gonna call a plumber on the, on the weekend to replace a gas valve for a dryer. I mean, I really wanted it to be done, but it's not like an emergency, so I'm not willing to pay like the weekend prices for a plumber. And so I'm waiting on the plumber to call to say they're on their way to replace this gas valve so that I can finally do laundry. <laughs> and so that's how the end of my January is going. And if I had more clients, I would be more stressed, I think, just with the amount of volume that I do of work in January is so much more than like any other month of the year. And particularly the last couple of weeks of January are also kind of stressful because of having to get all those 1099s and W-2s filed and sent out. But this year, I have gotten everything pretty much done. I'm still waiting on some information from some of my clients, which is fine. And so yeah, it hasn't been that stressful with work, but the universe was like, I'm gonna stress you out in other ways. So that's been the last week for me. I'm so excited. When you're an adult, I feel like when you get a new appliance is like, getting a freaking Barbie Jeep or something as a kid. Like that's the comparison that I wanna make. It's like, you've got this big toy that's just so freaking cool and exciting and new. And when you're an adult, it's like you get a new fridge or a new dishwasher or a new washer and dryer set. Like that's your like big girl or big boy toy to like play with. So I'll be really happy when the whole set is hooked up and I can actually wash and dry clothes. And so yeah, I'm super excited for that. But the end of January would is, I don't know, it's just, it's always gonna be a thing, <laughs> no matter what. While I've been filing the 1099s and the W-2s for people, I wanted to record an episode that was about this topic because it's something that is frequently asked of me by people who are and are not my clients. Um, people wanting advice on how to classify and pay their workers properly. And usually it's from the folks that know that payroll taxes are more expensive, like it's more expensive to have employees than to just hire out work to contractors. And so usually what they're asking when they want this advice is to get permission to just pay everybody as a contractor and not as an employee and therefore not have to owe payroll taxes and not have to file w-2s and everything people are usually looking for that permission which i don't give them because it's not necessarily the case that you can 1099 everybody or pay everybody as a subcontractor or an independent third-party contractor so i wanted to make a whole episode about it um, and kind of go over with you 
what the categories are for determining whether somebody is a worker who should be paid as an employee or an independent contractor. So this is a very frequently asked question, and if you're wondering this yourself, I don't want you to feel ashamed about like not knowing the answer, um, but there, I do want to clarify that there are control questions that you have to ask yourself in order to determine the proper classification of a worker. And the reason that, that it's, it's important is a couple of things. First of all, if, it's, if they come back and say that you classified somebody and paid them as an independent contractor and you did not withhold taxes, they can come back and you can be liable for those employment taxes for what you paid them. Those employment taxes are Social Security and Medicare. So as an employee, an employer, as a boss, as a business owner, if you're hiring somebody and you're paying them and they're an employee and they need to be paid um, and reported on a W-2, you have to pay half of the taxes for those for their Social Security and Medicare taxes. Um, they pay half and then you as the employer pay half of that. And then on top of that, you would withhold like federal income tax from their check. And then if your state is a state that has state income tax, you would also withhold the state income tax from their pay. There are some states that don't have state income tax, for instance, like Texas. So if you live and work in Texas, you know, you're going to have federal withholding and then you have Social Security and Medicare withheld and then your employer pays half of your Social Security and Medicare taxes, uh, but you wouldn't have state withholding. If it's come back to determine that you had somebody that you were paying as a contractor and you weren't withholding taxes, but they actually should have been classified as an employee and had taxes withheld, then you would be liable for those employment taxes, right? That's one reason is that <laughs> if it could come back on you that you should have classified them a different way and then you'd be, you know, owing taxes essentially. Um, and then the other reason to consider this, and this is like my personal opinion, really, or my professional personal opinion, is that if you have people working for you, working for your business, and they're providing a service or labor in some way that is adding to your business, that is creating a product, that is um, providing a service to your customers, if you have somebody you know, showing up and giving their labor to help support your business activity, you would want to treat them appropriately and correctly. Now, like I said, this is a personal opinion of mine. This is a value of mine is that like you should be respectful of other people. And, you know, there are some business owners out there that don't agree with that. And so, you know, it's definitely optional <laughs> to have this opinion. But if you're just paying somebody as an independent contractor and they don't have expenses to put up against that income, so they don't bring their own supplies and tools, they don't have the opportunity to show a profit or a loss in their income, and you're not withholding taxes, essentially when they go to file their tax return, they haven't had any taxes withheld. So they're liable for like the income tax that they pay on their income. And then they're also liable for self-employment taxes. So you're kind of doing those folks a disservice if you're not classifying them correctly as a worker and 
if you are paying them just as a contractor, you're not withholding taxes, and you have to send them a 1099 at the end of the year, that is a legal requirement. Um, and then they go to file their tax return and they file that 1099 income on their return and they don't have any expenses to put up against that income, they could be liable for the tax owed on all of that income. And so that's kind of a disservice to your workers. And that's what I mean when I say is you're not really treating people with dignity and respect and properly classifying them and you're putting them in a position to where they could owe a large amount of taxes. So being the type of business owner that I am and having my own personal and business values of like justice and like doing the right thing and being accountable, I think all of that kind of ties into proper worker classification. And so I do explain this to my clients to make sure that they understand. I do explain this to my clients to make sure that they understand that they need to properly classify their employees for those reasons. So now I'm going to get into the categories and the ways to determine how to classify your workers. And so this is from the IRS's website. This is a publication that they put out. It's publication 5520. I'm using the most up-to-date version available um, as of the date of this recording. But if you have more questions, or you want to read it for yourself, or you want to learn more, you can go to the irs.gov forward slash small biz website. That's B-I-Z as in Zulu. irs.gov forward slash small biz to learn more about properly classifying workers as either employees or independent contractors. So when we talk about the classification of workers, we need to consider the degree of control and independence that workers have and that you have as a business owner or as an employer. And so there are three main categories to look at when we're talking about the degree of control and independence that workers have. And those three categories are behavioral control, financial control, and the relationship between the worker and the business. And just before we get started, I also did a Facebook Live mini class on this topic. So if you would like to, you can go to my Facebook page, All Ease Accounting. That's facebook.com forward slash accounting with ease. And you can find my mini class. It's just under 20 minutes long where I'm going over the same information. But we're going to go over the three categories for workers and the level of control and independence that they have over the work that they do. So the first one is behavioral control. And so this question is from the publication provided by the IRS. And we want to ask, does the business control or have the right to control how the worker does their job? So you want to consider the type of instructions that you're giving to your employees or your workers and the level or degree of instruction that you're giving them. So are you teaching the worker how to do the job or are you only instructing them of like the different parameters of the job like I need this to be done at this time and date and you're kind of managing like the expectations of a project versus when you're somebody who's training an employee and you have an evaluation system to evaluate their work, to evaluate the product or the service or the outcome of their work. So the behavioral control goes into if you're teaching somebody and you're training somebody how to do the job, 
like down to the nitty gritty details or if you have a procedure or process that is internal, like a standard operating procedure that you require that employee to work under and to perform. And then our, what is your level of evaluation? So since I've got plumbers on my mind, because <laughs> I've got one hopefully coming on, on the way soon to my house, um, the, way I, the example I'd like to give is like a plumber versus a server. So let's say you're a restaurant owner and you have people that work in your business that are servers or bartenders, dishwashers, etc. And then you have a plumbing incident where you need a drain unclogged and so you have to call a plumber to come in and do that repair work at your restaurant. So for your servers and your bartenders and the dishwashers and the cooks, you know, you have a way of evaluating their work that is based on like your standards, your procedures that you want to put in place for the work. And then you're like controlling the training that you give them, the type of instructions, the level of instructions you give versus the plumber that's coming in. So the plumber's coming in and you're still instructing them like this is the drain that needs unclogging. And then you still evaluate their work as to whether or not they perform the work and you have the outcome that you want, but you're not training a plumber on how to be a plumber, on how to unclog a drain. You're hiring them as a worker for your business, but they're the ones with the expertise and the training and the, so they come in with their mastery and skill set and unclog the drain for you. So that's the first category is behavioral control. How much right to control do you have over the worker's actual job performance? And do you control it and to what degree? The second category is financial control. So this is the question we ask is, does the business have the right to control the economic aspects of the worker's job? So this is what we wanna consider when we're taking a look at the financial control category for classifying workers. Is hiring this worker to your business a significant investment? And I don't really think that there is a certain dollar amount that should be considered significant. If you're hiring a plumber and they have to replumb your entire restaurant, you know, that's a significant investment, but that's not even as much of an investment as having a full staff that are all full-time that work in your business every day for a long period of time. And it's not even length of time for the job or the project because there are some businesses that are seasonal and so they only hire people during a certain season. But those workers still might be classified as employees even though they're only employed for a short amount of time. And then there's also the financial control question of whether the employee has unreimbursed expenses. So I kind of talked about that earlier in regards to if you 1099 someone, you just pay them as a contractor, you send them a 1099 at the end of the year, and they have to claim that income on their personal tax return, their individual taxes. And then whether or not they have expenses to claim against that income. So you might have employees that uh, you ask them to you know, have a cell phone or you require them to have a cell phone because they're on call and you either provide that cell phone to them or you pay them like a cell phone allowance, which is included in their income. If you're requiring people to have certain supplies or tools 
you either reimburse them for that or you provide the supplies or tools. Whereas a contractor should be paying for their own supplies, tools, gas, vehicle, transportation to get to the job. They might have software expenses. They might need to buy certain equipment. But as the contractor, you know, you're the one that is the owner of those supplies, equipment, tools, etc. And your customer isn't reimbursing you for those expenses that you have related to your business. Whereas an employee is not gonna have a lot of expenses. If we take our restaurant example, you have a server that comes in and works for your business serving food. You know, you might make sure that they have reliable transportation to get to the job, but that's not something you reimburse them for. Um, They also aren't reimbursed for like trays and pens and note server pads. Um, Those are like supplies that you provide to them. Um, They don't pay for like the software that you use in the restaurant. As the business owner, you pay for the uh, point of sale software to, uh, you know, do customer orders. So like the employees don't have like expenses that they put up against their income. And another thing to consider regarding like contractor pay is the contractor has the opportunity to have a profit or a loss in their business. And so an employee is never going to have a loss in their income because they don't have expenses that they're putting up against the income. They get paid something, they don't have expenses that they claim against that income, and therefore they're not gonna have a loss of income. Versus a contractor who is technically a business owner and they can have a profit or they can have a loss because they've had expenses and deductions to claim that reduce their income to below zero, right? Are the services that the worker is providing to you are they available to market those services to other people? So if you have a restaurant and you've got servers working for you, uh, they don't go out and serve other restaurants, right? I mean, maybe they have two different jobs and they work at two different restaurants, but it's not that their services are like marketed to like, it's not that they're marketing their services to like a network or to an audience, right? It's like they serve you in your restaurant by serving your customers. Um, And so all of those things kind of fall under the financial control category. So does the business have the right to control the economic aspects of the worker's job? And finally, the last category to consider is the relationship. So how does the worker and their business see their relationship with each other? So you want to ask yourself, are there written contracts about this working relationship between me, the business owner, and my worker. Now, you can have employment contracts with employees, but then you would have to look at the other two categories, behavior and financial. Does the contract state that the employee has a certain schedule of hours that they come in and work? Do you require them to wear a uniform with your company logo on it? Are there uh, training and evaluations that they go through uh, that are set by the business, etc.? So there could be a contract for either an employee or an independent contractor, but then you'd have to consider other things. But for the most part, like if you've got a contract signed with another business owner, you know, they're obviously not an employee. And then you have things like employee benefits. You know, do you pay for a match to their 401k or retirement accounts? Um, Do you provide them paid time off? You wouldn't really provide a contractor paid time off, right? Uh, Sick leave, things like that. 
other employee benefits, if you're providing those to your workers, you're an employer and their employees. And then consider the permanency of the relationship. So we kind of talked about this earlier. We have businesses that are seasonal, and so they only hire people during a certain period of the year. So it's not considered a permanent business relationship, but they're still seasonal workers. They're still employees based on all of the other categories that we went over. Or you could have a contractor, an independent contractor, who is doing a project for you that like once they're done with the project, the relationship as them working for you ceases, right? And then we have uh, whether or not the services that the worker provides to you are a key activity of your business. So like I used before the example with the restaurant and you have servers working for you, the people that come in and work for you as servers are providing a key activity of your business. If you're a restaurant with table service, you have to have somebody to serve the tables. That is a key activity of the business. Whereas if you hire a plumber to come in and do a repair, plumbing repairs are not the key activity of a restaurant business, right? So that's the difference in that relationship is that you're hiring somebody on to do something that is key to your business making money. You don't have to have a plumber coming to your restaurant in order to make money, but you do have to have servers when you have table service in your restaurant as a way that you have customers coming in and paying you money. So those are the three categories to consider. And once again, you can look up this information and more on the irs.gov website. They have a lot of um, good publications for small businesses that really go through these questions and helping you determine what's the right way to run your business. But I wanted to go over this with y'all today because it is such a frequently asked question that I receive. So just to go over those three categories again, we have behavioral control, financial control, and then the relationship between you and your workers. And once you kind of go through all three of these things, um, there's no like one question that will make you arrive at the answer. It's really considering the totality of the information. And when in doubt, like reach out to a tax professional, reach out to, you know, your bookkeeper, your payroll service provider for help in determining how to classify people. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this helped you determine where you need to look and what you need to think about when you're hiring somebody. Um, but if you have more questions about it, you can always reach out to me on social media. So my Instagram account, All Ease Accounting, on Facebook. Like I said, I also posted a little mini class about this topic on my Facebook page. So make sure you go and watch that, like, and share it. Yeah. And so that's all I have, and I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. If you are enjoying what you're learning on this podcast, please consider supporting me through a subscription on Anchor.fm. Any donation amount is welcome, or you can simply share it with someone you know. You can also follow me on Instagram at alleaseaccounting and sign up for my email list at alleaseaccounting.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.